0: I would never speak to anybody the way I speak to myself in my head.
1: It's Spot the Imposter with Agent Dan Kramer on You May Contribute a Verse. I'm Josh Munkin, children's lit author, father, science communicator, and podcaster, joined by my co-host Brenna Generet, children's lit author, mother, avid climber, and outdoors person, and podcaster. This is the podcast you may contribute a verse, where we talk to kid lit creators, share their stories, and learn from their journeys. Not to play the Our Next Guest Needs No Introduction card, but Our Next Guest Needs No Introduction because he's been introduced on the podcast before. We talked to Special Agent Dan Kramer of Page-Turner Literary Agency over a year ago, exploring his history and path to agenting. Since then, I think we've also explored the majority of his client roster as the unofficial, unauthorized podcast of Record for Page-Turner Literary. Now a year wiser with some incredible books published and in the pipeline, we sat down with Dan for a level of focus Brenna and I don't usually bring to the podcast, covering a specific subject matter near and dear to our collective creative hearts imposter syndrome we're going to get into it but first a word from esteemed sponsor the kidlit hive the hive is live and the roster of upcoming inclusive affordable sessions is quite frankly impressive let's dissect what's coming next shall we the prolific and hilarific adam rex will host i'm just going to read the title because it's priceless dissecting the frog oh no we're going to try and analyze humor on March 16th. This 90-minute session will, I have no doubt, successfully analyze picture book humor from Adam's perspective and a wealth of experience. Pixel and Inc. editor Allison Weiss will host another illuminating 90-minute session on March 23rd. What the heck is a profit and loss or PL anyway? Allison will unpack what it means to translate art into businessy financials discussing the factors that publishers take into consideration when de- deciding whether to invest in a book. Head on over to KidLitHive.com, that's spelled K-I-D-L-I-T-H-I-V-E.com, and follow Justin Colon on Twitter for all upcoming sessions. And now, our verse with Agent Dan Kramer.
2: So, I was just saying that to Josh, because I was like, I'm the only one who uses our laptop because of Zencaster for the podcast. And then also to edit the podcast because I couldn't figure out how to do it like seamlessly on the iPad. I just, it wasn't, it wasn't working. Go but ahead. my husband, who is a cloud security architect, I think I got that right, <laughs> works, works exclusively on the iPad. Like he loves it. He yeah. just, he's like super productive and just like. I, he walked around with it for like the first week he had it with his Apple pen and like the thing open. He's like, <laughs> he kicks, he's like, look at this. He's like, this thing is awesome. He's like, my productivity is like through the roof. He was like, so pleased with himself. I like, <laughs> like that. That's some that's kind of rad. Star Trek that's engineer
1: rad. or something.
0: Yeah. And I completely forgot that I did it on this computer last time. So, oh
2: yeah. It's been a while.
0: Yeah. Because we, we never use that. It's like, why is this on my desk? We never use it. It's just taking up space. Totally. And- <laughs> I was like, I'm just going to take it down. And then I'm like on my iPad logging on. It's like, oh, you should use Chrome for this. It's like, okay, use Chrome. And then it's like, it does not, is not supported by mobile devices. It's like, oh no. Yeah,
2: like, right. Oh God. Yeah, panic. He's panicking.
0: <laughs> you don't you
2: want to disappoint leaving.
1: Josh and Brenna for their podcast. <laughs> no, not at all.
2: Well, if you leave the computer up now, you have to just put a sign on it like for podcast use only. Right. Right? Yeah, like, my podcast yeah like, she... specifically for. <laughs> but
0: then it wasn't that, and then like it's all like wireless stuff, and I was like, I had to find batteries for everything. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> oh, and of course yeah, they don't take the same yeah.
0: batteries. One's double A, the other one's AAA.
2: Of course, Most yeah. a
0: musician and like has hordes of batteries for all the. Things he uses for his instruments.
2: Oh, nice. Yeah. I, if I were on my own, I wouldn't have any, like, batteries ready to go or charged. We try to use the rechargeable ones, so we always have, like, a charging station. And yeah. that's not because of me or because of Gene. It's because of Finn. Like, all the toys that need oh. constant, like, recharged batteries. We, can't, we have to have something in the wall, like, at all times. Or it's just like, oh, my God, like, this thing won't work.
1: That's our first battery conversation on the podcast. Oh.
2: I know. Welcome. Welcome, listeners. Um, before we dive into anything actual podcast related, um, I love your I love your whole outfit right now. I love Thank the you. whole thing.
0: I wore ghost last time, so I was like, I have to wear ghost this time. So I you had, did. yeah, I had two two outfits picked out <laughs> for this audio <laughs> for this audio podcast. I, I, love, it. I love it. So. We have like a little bit of a heat wave coming through. I don't know if you guys are having that too, where we're in the 70s today. Yes. And like it's all through so the weekend. Warm. Yeah. So this is my warm weather outfit.
2: <laughs> I, I love it. The warm weather, like Halloween outfit. So for people who cannot see Dan, which says, is everyone, <laughs> right? Everyone except for Josh, it says books, but a lot of O's. So like boo for boots. Boots. <laughs> and then a tie dyed Nike hat which I feel like really pulls the whole thing the whole look together.
0: So really the like other look was a pink sweatshirt that had Ghostface on it from Scream and he has uh, the uh, portable phone up and it says no you hang up and they're like hearts going around it and everything. It's <laughs> not going to be very timely amazing... when we air
1: this in February.
0: Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think that can be a Valentine's Day shirt too, because he's like, "You hang up first and like there are hearts and everything, so it can... and,
1: love, and love is scary. And
0: love is
2: scary. <laughs> way to draw, way, way to draw the parallel. Nice, good work.
1: <laughs> I do a pants well, check, but you know, we've been too uh-oh. too too long in pandemic times for me to 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 try and challenge people on their pants choice.
2: Just basketball sports
1: today. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> if you must know, Josh. Yeah, right. <laughs> Classic umbros, neon umbros. Oh, I had
2: so many pairs of umbros growing up for for soccer games and stuff. That was like my go-to. Mm-hmm. So many umbros. I played a lot of sports. I had a lot of umbros.
1: <laughs> Did you want to talk about book stuff? Because we'll just talk about
2: you know, let's just talk about clothes. <laughs> it's,
1: it's fit, it's fit check with Dan Kramer. <laughs>
2: Awesome. Respect yes. the drip.
1: I, w- yes. I was going to acknowledge before we got into the book stuff, the fact that the three of us have had uh, the same canine experience this year. At this point. Fresh dog. Fresh dog experiences. Oh,
2: yeah. oh I was like, I was, yeah. what? That's true.
1: Dan and I have the exact same dog, except Dan's <laughs> is a couple months older. <laughs>
2: It's true. They look so similar. I didn't even put that together until I saw that you posted that on Twitter, and I was like, "They do look really similar." Because Harrison is often on the podcast; he comes through yeah. a lot.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I right Henry uh, like a. I call we call them pork donuts. It's just like a raw hide that's shaped like a a, a donut. Nice. Yeah, I was like, that should keep him occupied. But then. Like the whole disaster with not having the desktop up, I was like, "Oh no, I'm running out of like quiet
1: time." I gotta take the the rawhide away so he doesn't burn through it right. during my prep. Yeah, time. totally.
2: The pork ty- the pork donut time is like running down like an hourglass. You're like, "Oh no, I'm out of donut." <laughs> totally. All
1: right. So, how's well, agenting going, Dan? <laughs> Let's get real. Yeah,
2: right. We'll talk. We'll talk about books. Let's do it. It's
0: It's going. They're keeping me busy. I mean. Brenna got the well Brenna and everyone that I work with got the email was it last week or the week before
2: yeah just I think just last week I, yeah I was just telling Josh I was just
0: like no new projects until next year because I am <laughs> behind on my editing and if these projects keep coming up you <laughs> know
2: I showed that to my husband and he was like did Dan mean to address that like just to you because you keep sending him stuff. You're sending him stuff like constantly. Cause I'm always like, Gene, Gene. I'm like, I got to send this one to Dan. I really like this one. And he's like, Oh my God. He's like, maybe give him a minute. He's like, I think that he's not, you know, like he doesn't have time to just rep you. He has other clients.
0: No. And it wasn't because of you. Uh, Andy <laughs> asked me the same thing. He's like, I just sent you that book the day before you sent, that email <laughs> <laughs> has nothing to do with you.
2: Right. Everybody feels Every- like they're on blast. Totally, yeah. everyone's like, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry. I, should I take it back. I take it back." <laughs> but
0: well, then I, I want to make sure, like, if we've talked about a project or I know it's coming, that is completely on the table to come because I have it already mentally on my list of. Yeah.
2: Headphones. Yeah. I told that to my husband, too, because I was like, there's a loophole, dude. I'm like, I told him. I told him about this other one I'm working on. And so, I mean, he said I could send it. And he was like, oh, my God. He's like, okay, do it. Do what you got to do.
1: You were in line before the grocery checker turned off their light.
2: Thank right. you. Grandfathered in. Grandfathered in. Yeah, yes. right. Yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah. You, uh, I mean date check. We're recording this October 21st. Lord knows when it's going to air. Have you been open for queries as as much as you expected to be this year? I mean, it's been several months, I think.
0: Yeah. So I was open in February and then I opened again in August. So I I did two months, one being the shortest month of the year.
2: (laughs) i made up with that with
0: august having like 31 days
2: nice i like that i like the balance but then i
0: also like had a very specific manuscript wish list too
2: it was yeah Mm -hmm. no it was super specific i only know that because i mean you already wrapped me so i don't need to look at your wish list and try to query you but i know about it i looked at it because Um, another critique partner of mine in the middle grade critique group that I'm in tried, she wanted to query you and she was like, Oh, this is great. Like, I think I can just, I can like tweak it so that it like fits in with this and fantasy and whatever. And she, she was like, I think I can do it. So she, cause she sent it to me and she's like, do you think Dan will like it? And I was like, yeah, dude, like do it, go for it. So yeah, it was very specific.
1: What, what drives that? What drives the wish list?
0: So I don't want to have,
2: like, I I
0: don't want to have competing books where I'm trying to sell something that two things that are very similar, Um, which is why like one example was I wasn't looking for necessarily fantasy in middle grade or YA, because I, I know of some projects that are coming from author from the authors I already represent. And then I also have, um, like an urban fantasy out with uh, another author. So I didn't want like competing, but that also backfired a little bit because the author with the urban fantasy was like, Do you not want to rep me anymore? Because you said you <laughs> weren't a fantasy. And like, that's what I that's what I write. And I was like, No, 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 that's why I have that in there because I know that's what you write. <laughs> the other email I sent is like backfiring. <laughs>
1: a sensitive <laughs> client stable
2: <laughs> well, they just I just want to make too, you happy dan <laughs> it's true i i noticed too though like you weren't taking on any more picture books because i mean for good reason i mean the market is saturated at like every level and i mean if i'm any representation of the other picture book authors that you represent i mean I write a lot. And so I have a lot of stuff like polished at any given time to like send to you. And so if you're getting inundated with like a bunch of other Brennas who are also like kind of prolific and like sending you stuff, like I I totally get where you were like, I'm good on picture books, guys. Like, can you just can you hold off? Because, yeah, because it's it's a lot. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So the August submissions, like February, I think I was near 400 submissions that I got. August, oh, wow. I was around 50. So oh. like, just having that. Having and,
2: those parameters.
0: Yeah. And now it's narrowed down to four. It was six, but the other two, they um, were offered representation somewhere else. And I just didn't have the time to fully review their manuscript. So I so now, I gracefully bowed out. Six, no. six,
1: six what? Six offers? Six R&Rs or fulls?
0: Full requests six full requests and then two of them uh received offers from other agents
1: that feels yeah. good that feels right uh, it feels like a low number in the august window though owing to the specificity i mean do you throw out stuff that you get that's that doesn't conform to what you're looking for i mean you have to kind of throttle it that yeah, way yeah
0: and i i'll send like a, a a little email back like some there were a couple that were maybe more adult and i was, just let them know, Hey, this is a doll. Um, I didn't get, I actually did not get any picture books. So that was, but I don't think you could select picture book as a category.
2: Yeah. But right. I, <clears throat> yeah.
0: It's because I am using query manager and that saves it from my emails getting flooded because now my emails get flooded with other things. So <laughs> it keeps it
2: separated.
1: <laughs> Alarmed emails from your clients. <laughs>
2: nice yeah right you don't want to rep me anymore oh no I just saw I just saw your wish list (laughs) um but okay so also before I forget I just I just want to say like big congratulations on I mean I feel like every other week I see a new announcement or a new sale on a book like Andrew I know has two announced now and I know CK has I mean Costume for Charlie is out, and then Mm -hmm. they had spoken about another one that was coming on twelve by twelve. So I assume it's not a secret because all of twelve by twelve knows. So our audience might as well know too. It's (laughs) it's coming, but no
0: official announcement yet because there have been delays.
2: Okay, yeah, but I mean that stuff. That stuff has to keep you super busy too, like negotiating all the contracts and such. Because it seems like, I mean, you've been pretty successful this year. It's pretty. It's very impressive for the first year.
0: Thanks. Yeah, so six fully announced, six unannounced. And I think I have like, I have three that are in R&Rs with editors.
2: Oh, snap.
0: And one at, and two at editorial meetings. So.
2: And five original Brenna Jennerettes that are going to be picked (laughs) up by anyone at some point. (laughs)
0: I At some point, an editor I mean,
2: is going to be like, "I love this girl. I want all of her stuff. Give it to we me." We said
1: we weren't going to be confrontational <laughs> with you.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, some stuff is just right for the market, and some stuff just has to wait. So right. I'm patiently waiting my turn. Come on, editors.
0: Yes. <laughs> so, I think you guys brought me on to talk about the what's like a, a villainous word that we can use here
1: Nef- nefarious
0: yeah the nefarious imposter syndrome that we all face
2: It. yeah i mean so you said you were do, you were working on a presentation about it that's that's yeah. awesome and it sounds kind of perfect for the kidlit community
0: yeah so i i do uh, attend conferences and stuff and like i have a few presentations but they all have been like query based presentations and like those get done a lot so I was like I need to have something else that I can provide if I'm applying to be a speaker at a conference or something I was like well imposter syndrome I have my psychology background I in the kidlit community um
2: totally it affects
0: like you know high achievers creative people students so I mean kidlit community that we're like all of those
2: yeah there's a lot of intersections there A lot of crossover.
1: Yeah. Especially (laughs) represented by the clients who think you're going to drop them because of the way that you're (laughs) phrasing your emails. Right. So it's
0: just like maybe this is something we need to just start addressing um, and talking about and maybe helping provide. I guess I should have the caveat, I am not a therapist in any way.
2: (laughs) Fair. (laughs) Provide maybe
0: some tools or resources for people to go to or – or seeker, realize that they're not alone in like the
1: imposter syndrome thing. Can I ask a personal question first? Sure. Before you, before you get into it, is this something that you felt in the past? And I ask, I ask because you have, you you have pretty quickly gone down the path of, you know, working and learning and gaining experience with Flannery and then starting out on your, on your own, uh, which is a, it's a, 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 bold stance to take as a one person, uh, agency. I mean, right. you, you must have your moments of doubt.
0: Oh, all the time. Um, so, I think you guys understand. Like, if when you are when you when you're on submission, uh, either with an editor or you're finding an agent, you get the rejection letters. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> I have. I represent thirty people, so. It's the same. It's the same as when you're on querying and stuff like that. You get rejections, but then I get 30 people's worth of rejections all the time. And then even as you said, oh, you've had a very successful first year and everything. I will like get these rejections. And be like, it's all my fault. What am I doing? I'm not doing wrong. They're they're finding out that I'm not really an agent, you know?
2: Right. Yeah. <laughs> those, totally. Like,
0: uh, <clears throat> fraudulent feelings that you end up having. So yeah, like all the time. And I've had the like do stuff where I'm like, okay, these are the, I've sold books. Now, like the imposter syndrome that I'm having is I've only sold picture books. What if I can't oh. sell early readers, middle grade,
2: Right. Young adult? So it's like going, yeah,
0: going through that cycle too. And then like the pressure of like, I'm the one who has to sell it because the authors don't have, they have to use me as a gatekeeper to get to the next gatekeeper. In this industry like it's so many different points of contact that you have to do before um you get anywhere
2: yeah yeah totally because it's not just like you're saying like once you sort of put it out into the world it's not it's like out of your hands as as an author right like i can't i I can't do anything about it all i can do is sort of wait and and yeah on on the other end like i mean i've the other I feel imposter syndrome like kind of constantly like who am I to write a middle grade I don't I've never written a middle grade before I've also never written a picture book before you know like a couple years ago but here I am like writing all of these picture books and like you know, now I'm writing a middle grade and I feel like, oh, yeah, I might have like a graphic novel up my sleeve. And then it's like some days you feel really good about it and you're like, oh, yeah, like I can definitely do this. Like that joke totally landed. Like I'm super hilarious. And then other days you're just like, oh, like this isn't landing at all. Like nobody thought this was funny. Like what am I even doing here? Right. So, right. yeah, it's like super easy to get caught up in that. And just one last thing before I before I stop talking. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And come back again, because I I have lots to say. But Kate, Kate, Kate Fox um, posted recently on Twitter that when she feels like she is inundated with like a bad writing day or rejections or whatever, she just feels like stuck. What she has started doing is she started making like a a checklist of and like put it like on her wall or on her like dry erase board or whatever of just like, you know, little goals that she's accomplished or like things that she's proud of just for writing specific. And it doesn't have to be anything crazy. Just like I did a first draft today or I revised my middle grade or I, you know, was really I gave a really great critique or whatever so that when she feels like that, she pulls it out and she reads them all and she's like, okay, yeah, right. Like I am I am doing these things that make me a writer and that, you know, that I feel good about. So that I feel like that's a great that's a great tip, actually.
0: Agreed. Um, so yeah, like I was having all these feelings of imposter syndrome and everything. And I think it was probably around May that I did like some therapy sessions with someone to like, like, I was like, I don't feel like I'm getting any work done. I don't feel like I'm making any progress anywhere, even though I had made progress, it was like the negative thoughts and everything come into you. And I think I read somewhere like, you have about like 30,000 thoughts a day, which at the same time I'm like that's a lot and then at the same time I'm like, that doesn't seem like enough.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Your
1: throughput is just higher than most people do. <laughs> and
0: then it's like if most of those are negative, like think about what that's doing to you internally. It'd be like you have twenty nine thousand nine hundred and ninety-nine negative thoughts and just one good one. That one good one's gonna get silenced really quickly.
2: Yeah. <clears throat> so like
0: I did a, like a therapy journey where I was just like uh I wanted to talk about, like, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm feeling. I don't – I'm not seeing my progress. I'm not I, – like, I was just, like, at a bottom point. And, like, the guy's like – the therapist was like, do you, do you realize how much you're doing? And I was like, yeah, but I think I could be doing more.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I could totally give up sleep. It's, like, not a big deal. Right. I could totally be doing something more productive.
0: Yeah, so – <clears throat> he uh provided me some tools and things to do um I've been reading like I was never like a big self-help book reader but I've re- read some been reading some of those that just like uh, I think they're right here oh. like the two I went on vacation and like, I took two self-help books with me. One was really short and great. And it also had like, if you are neurodivergent had like a different way that you could read the book. Like, like if, if you identify as neurodivergent or been diagnosed as that, it's like, skip to, you don't need to read this next part, skip to this next page or something like that, which was really good.
2: Yeah. But the,
0: <clears throat> the first one was how to keep house while drowning.
2: Nice. And It's it a was- parenting book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah right for all you parents listening it was
0: actually like a book about like cleaning and organizing and like the biggest lesson I took from there which is pro- was probably inadvertently ingrained when I was a child was just you don't have to associate morality with your organization or how clean your house is it just it's not there's no it's not good or bad if your house is messy or disorganized you should look at it is it still healthy and sustainable for me to live in like I don't have like mold growing in there that's going to make me sick. I don't have sharp objects that I can fall on and cut myself with. So
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I like cleaning go a long time ago. So I like I like that tip.
1: Yeah. <laughs> the permission to let that go. Yeah. Right. Yeah,
2: yeah, I don't clean. I just don't. I mean, if there's like a big mess, like, yeah, okay. But I don't, like, I don't get out and vacuum like once a week or whatever. I'm like, I don't have time for that. Like, I, have, and I you, don't want to.
1: <laughs> yeah. You have 29,999 dirty things in the house. As long as you've got one <laughs> clean thing.
2: Right. Yeah. Then back. I'm good. Then I'm good.
0: And then going to just also talked about like, if you are going to be cleaning, it's okay if you just do a little bit at a time. Like one of the mm. problems I have is like, if I start something, I want to try to finish it the whole way through. And then if I think in my head, well, this is gonna take a long time, I don't have enough time to do it, I just won't end up doing it. So then nothing gets done, where if I would have just done something, a little bit of that would have gotten done, and then less of that I'd have to do next time. So that just kind of reading it and being told that you can do that. You don't you don't have to do everything all at once, you don't have to work in a way that was defined by societal norms or whatever, wherever they were defined. But
1: and and extrapolating that out to the publishing journey, I mean, you—I you, presume—are feeling um, that you're accountable to the 30 people that you you represent. I mean, whittling right. away at that productivity is something that I, I presume would take some uh, some darn intentionality behind, right. uh, you know, making sure you're moving moving the ball down the
0: field. Yes, that's a great segue to the next book, <laughs> <laughs> which was indistractable like how to control your attention and choose your life um it was it was a really good read just about like how we get distracted by our phones and and different things and what we're missing out on but it it just it helped me like organize myself like i'm a very like paper and pencil person like i hate using like i do put like events and stuff in my calendar on my phone but like i know some people can take notes on their phone and they'll see it or make to-do lists on their phone and see it i will never see it if I do that I'll forget that I have that app or something Mm. um so like I have a date book and in my date book I write my to-do list for the day and then in a separate notebook which actually has my notes in front of me right now like this I do um like a segmented let me see if I have a good example of it like I like plot out my day of what time I'm going to do each task and if that time runs out and I haven't finished the task, it's okay to move on to the next one. So like.
2: Oh, nice. Right that. <clears throat> I feel like that's, that's another great tool to be able to use, like sort of a, like an hourglass, like you're saying, like, okay, like right. spend this much time, but if you can't get it done, like move on.
0: Right. So <clears throat> I've been doing that and that like helps keep me on track and like helps me not have that like, okay, I'm not going to get this done in one setting. Let's not ignore it. Let's whittle away at it get it done so these two books I found really helpful and I'll send you the uh, I don't know the authors or anything I'm not endorsed being like this isn't a paid promotion or anything like that
2: yeah Um,
0: but I'll send it the information to you so if you need to put it at the end of the podcast you can
2: oh yeah sure yeah we can include it in the show notes because I feel like those will be really helpful for people listening yeah
1: we are we are open to sponsorship (laughs) yeah self-help books want to sponsor (laughs) us
2: Anyone out there?
0: <laughs> so while yeah. I was doing like the research on imposter syndrome, like it, like that that name imposter syndrome didn't come around until like 1970 from Dr. Susanna um, Imes and Dr. Paulina Clance, um two female psychologists uh, with doctorates and everything like that, and they their focus was on women who are feeling imposter syndrome and I haven't gotten too far into it, but I think it's leading to the path. Like that was a lot time, like more women were coming into the workforce. It wasn't like they were having to stay at home and take care of, take care of the house and children. Um, They were out in the workforce and everything. And maybe that was where it was coming from where, you know, they were strangers in a, a new area and feeling all this, like I'm not good enough to be here because no one else looks like me. I mean I think we all get that whenever we don't see ourselves reflected in the community that we're in.
2: Yeah, totally. I think I think what you're saying about women specifically in that time frame like the 1970s like yeah, that's like right on. It makes total sense that two female psychologists are the ones who came up with that name imposter syndrome. And right. it actually it reminds me so Neil Gaiman, the, you know, the mm-hmm. big time author His wife, Amanda Palmer. So she um, she's a musician, but she also is an incredible writer. Like she, I I really like her stuff. Um, She writes like long form stuff on you know Instagram and Twitter all the time. But she wrote a book maybe like five or six years ago. But she talks a lot about imposter syndrome and like being afraid that the imposter police are going to come and get her. You know she made she made up the imposter police part, but like it was so interesting and eye opening, And I was like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like I think that might've been the first time I heard that term, but especially for her as a female musician, you know, in the niche community that she's in to be doing what she's doing and pushing these boundaries all the time. Yeah. You feel that imposter syndrome. Like, am I really doing this? Like, are these, these people are really listening to me? Like, you know, like what do I have to say? Like, how are the, you know, how am I making this impact? So it's yeah, pretty um, powerful.
1: Hey gang, quick community break for reviews and shout outs. I am happy to uh, invite a guest to do our first review today. Uh, One moment, please. New Guy John has offered his thoughts on Small Sol by Ashley Spires, a tale of a small sailor with big dreams who will do almost anything to be out on the high seas, even if it means becoming a pirate. And while Small Sol will always rise to the occasion, his swashbuckling shipmates still have difficulty seeing Small Sol for the rare gem that he is. Small Sol is a warm and charming book about perseverance, uniqueness, and acceptance, and is worthy of five stars." This week, Brenna reviewed The Wolf Suit by Sid Sharp. Bellwether Rig Welter is a sheep living in a scary forest full of wolves. He spends most of his time safely indoors, but when he runs out of blackberries, can he become a sheep in wolf's clothing? This eerily illustrated graphic novel will keep adults and kids on the edge of their seats and for me i've personally had donuts on the brain lately for gerald reasons i'm going to do a light carrie finison twofer for my review shouting out dozens of donuts as i was very pleased to find my third graders class had read it recently and done some fun related activities i also Uh, had the opportunity to go to school and eat a free donut, which is always a bonus. Speaking of daughters and Carrie Finison, though the bulk of my recommendation this week is for Carrie's Lulu and Zoe, which just about perfectly reflects the sometimes contentious, always loving relationship between my two daughters. It's small and real and a delightful way to find the many complex sibling dynamics represented simply and lovingly let's talk shout out now i promise we did not set out to make these about ourselves but you know i read what people tell me to read jason peterson at the melted coins writes i read in your shout out announcement that josh will read whatever i type here and while it's tempted to go all the book with no pictures on him i will resist in fact the shout out i'd like to give is to you josh I'm reading something that's directed to me. Listeners who follow Josh on Twitter might know that he recently offered to read their work aloud on the very fancy podcast of Mike he's using now. And I sent Josh a story to read. He graciously and dramatically read it, which was incredibly helpful and just plain nice to do. So thank you, Josh, to me. And if he offers to do this again, I recommend listeners take him up on it. Yes, Jason, I absolutely will. And I will read your stuff anytime. Your story was amazing. Uh, oh, I forgot two words. Also, Blork is the way that Jason ends his shout-out. Mar- Mari Rodriguez on Twitter as Dr. Mari Rodriguez sends, I want to do a big shout-out to my wonderful critique partners, also known as The Beams. They are Emily Holy, Angel Tate, Sharon Quasilius, and Brenna Generette, our own. They are talented and dedicated and give the best feedback anyone can ask for. Also, special congrats to M, Brenna, and Angel for being on Sub. Keep querying, Sharon. This is your year as well. Manifesting a book deal for 2023 for all of the beams. And one uh, final shout out, shout out from Brenna and me. And then there were three. I mentioned, or I should say, our piratey guest mentioned new guy John in our review section. Who is this, you might ask? The one and only John Seymour. John reached out to Brenna and me a few weeks ago, and one thing led to another, and all of a sudden we've got new ideas, better processes, enhanced audio, and a Discord to stay organized. Really glad to have John on the team, Team Versi hashtag, and shout out to John's two published books on Amazon, Boat the Tugboat and Sophia and the Spaghetti Breathing Dragon. Welcome to the team, John. And now, back to our conversation with Dan Kramer.
0: And I guess for people listening who might not know, like a, a, a very functional definition of imposter syndrome is the inability to internalize and accept one's success. Um, sometimes you attribute it to other things like, oh, just luck. Or I worked really hard at that that time. It wasn't anything from like, it wasn't me that got it. It was these outside extraneous variables that got this mm-hmm. to be successful and the questions you might be asking yourself are, what gives me the right to be here or afraid you're going to be found out as a fraud. Like all the time. Like I'm afraid Brenna's going to email me one day and be like, I know you're really not an agent.
2: (laughs) Well, you know what? The sentiment is the same. I feel like one day I'm going to get that email. That's like, you know, your books, just nobody, nobody thinks you're funny. So I'm just going to have to drop you as a a client. I'm sorry. I'm moving on.
0: (laughs)
1: Which yeah. is a thing that happens, but not here. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, right, I mean, no.
0: Around the time when I was doing the therapy, I, I had um, a client mutually. We mutually agreed to part ways, but I think that uh, even though I knew it was mutual and that they had different writing goals and I could help get them to, I think that still like hurt me like, oh. Oh,
2: they're, yeah. They're
0: moving on. I have to move on. And I wasn't able to get them where they wanted. Now they had to find someone else, but it was, they wanted to go into more adult territory. That's not, that's not my territory. So.
2: Yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: I mean, I, that is a segue to a question I was going to press on, which is, was there an inciting incident that took you to this realization or kind of Are an, he, a kind of an amalgam of all the weight of
0: yeah, what you're going through? I think maybe that could have been, I don't know if that was the, the straw that broke the camel's back, but that I think it was just, like, a lot of things were going on. I, and Like, I wasn't recognizing what I was doing. I was just thinking, man, I got lucky on that one. Man, I got lucky on that one. Or their mm-hmm. writing was so good that they really didn't need me. I'm just, like, this middle person that, uh. that got there. And, and then I was just, like, I'm not even keeping up with the work and everything. And then um, I talked, you know, Jennifer and I still talk. A lot and everything and see how everything was going and she's like if you don't feel like you're drowning in work you're not aging right she's like <laughs> you should always have more work than you can do because there's always <clears throat> going to be a time where it's going to be downtime and you're going to be like man I wish I had something to send out to someone or something she's like so it's good that you have a lot of work and it's okay that you know you don't get it all done right away every day or anything like that as long as you're making progress every day
2: man, it's gotta be so nice to, to have her in that capacity, right. To just be like, Jennifer, Hey, like, can you please just tell me, you know, this is normal or I'm, I'm doing this right. Like to just have, you know, that lifeline to be like, please, please tell me what's happening. Right. And that's
0: one of the ways to uh, face imposter syndrome is to have a mentor or an, or a critique group or something, you know, to be able to give you reassurances and, And things like that to be like, no, you are doing this right. This is what we're seeing. Maybe you're not seeing it.
2: Yeah. Yeah, totally. You know what? I was thinking about that earlier today because I was doing, um, I meet with my middle grade critique group every Monday and I was going through critiques for them. And I had seen, I had put my stuff out to get critiqued and I had gotten it back. And I was like, you know what? Your critique partners are doing it right If they are able to give you constructive criticism, but you're also like excited to read their feedback, because they're really good about telling me that they think the story is good, the characterization is good, you know, whatever it is, like, the comments that are sprinkled throughout, while also being like, you know what, this needs some work, or like, this didn't quite land for me, or like, this was confusing. So... Yeah, what to your point about, you know, having critique partners or just people you can bounce ideas off of and have them be like, "No, like this is great. Like, you know, run with this." is helpful.
0: So, and and it's good to have that because like imposter syndrome leads to, you know, anxiety and depression and that can be a spiraling hole that can be hard to get back out of and it's and we think, "Well, it's just our thoughts. We can how quickly can we change our thoughts?" But at the same time, how quickly are we to be negative? In our head especially with ourselves like uh i would never speak to anybody the way i speak to myself in my head i don't know if you guys feel that way ever but
1: yes for sure yeah it's a similar message that we send to uh, yeah. uh our our own kids is you know be your own best friend be kind right. to yourself treat your treat yourself as you would treat any other person that you meet. yeah,
0: yeah. so i mean that it has been like one of my I don't like New Year's resolutions is always like lessen that negative self talk because it's you're being a toxic person to yourself.
2: Right. Especially, you know, with somebody who is neuro- neurodivergent, specifically ADD or ADHD, you know, you're a lot more, because I, I have that and you're a lot more prone to going down those spirals, like, you know, being like taking that self-talk to a whole nother level and then spiraling out on it and, you know, hanging out in that depression stage or that anxiety stage, because you just get you get really burnt out and you're trying to do everything. And then and then the negative self-talk on top of it. And it's just not this is not a good scene. So you right. gotta yeah, you got to get out of there. You got to talk about it.
0: Yeah. And then, I mean, we just look like where we are like our society and everything, there's so much societal pressure, uh, to achieve. And we link that to our self worth. And I mean, we have worth no matter what we do, we have worth because we exist and we have thoughts and we have feelings and emotions and connections and relationships and all that. But if we don't see ourselves succeeding, we think our self worth is lower and that's like completely erroneous thinking.
1: Um, The notion of, you know, turning, turning why me into why, why not me?
0: Like imposter syndrome, like we said, it started off where they were studying women in, in the 1970s who were like having this. And I mean, uh, think of, uh, um, indigenous people, people of color and everything. They're facing this too, because our industry doesn't necessarily reflect, does not reflect all their values and what who they are and what they see and they pro- how are it, they have like the harder time of ch- even trying to get their foot in the door. Um, so that, that's something that I also I want to be working on with my agency is to help bring lift up those voices as well. Um, uh, Brenna, we're we're working on a book that's on submission that's lifting up women's voices.
2: Yeah, um, I'm very she, excited about that book. Come on, great. editors. Pick up that book. People need right. this book. And, um, <laughs> Josh all- Josh read that draft that went out too. So yeah, he, I'm he's all for laughing because he knows yeah, about it.
0: For sure. Our industry is also very isolating too. Like I have my other job where I have coworkers and stuff and I can talk to him and bounce ideas off of or we're working on an investigation together or something, but agenting I'm doing it alone. You know, like even though Brent and I work together, um our contact is, I would say, minimum minimal compared to all the work that I do do.
2: Yeah, right. Totally. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's, and it's just the same with you when you're writing. Yeah. Josh and I were talking about that just before we got on with you, actually, about how it is, it is really solitary. And, you know, we all work from sort of the same framework, like picture books specifically is what I'm talking about. But, you know, there's got to be a hook and then there's a middle and there's an ending and, you know, generally three tries and fails and whatever but we all come at it from a different angle. Like Josh was just saying, you know, he, he often comes at it from a concept point of view. Whereas I, you know, often jump in because I think something is hilarious. Like I think a word is really funny and I try to write a manuscript around a word. And so that's why I, that's why I write a lot more drafts than Josh usually has to, because this is more, this is more concrete when he hits the paper. But, um, yeah, it's interesting because you don't, you know, you don't know how other people are coming at something. It's just, yeah. it's a totally different, and you wonder, you know, am I, am I doing this right? You just, yeah. you don't know.
0: And just, I mean, new endeavors, so thinking of, like, new writers coming out, trying to find resources or critique partners, and they, maybe they don't know about S-E-B-W-I and all that, those imposter feelings are going to skyrocket because it's new, we're isolated, where yeah. do you turn? Like
2: plus it's overwhelming. Right. They're, you know, where to start, and then you find where to start, and then you're like, wow, <laughs> there's a lot.
1: I, I'm trying to um figure out how to characterize this. And as I do with so many things with the podcast, I'm just gonna voice it and we're just gonna workshop it as we go. But there's a there are two different sides of the same coin of imposter syndrome. One is you know, you start you start to achieve a measure of success and defeat yourself through the, through the negative and intrusive thoughts. The other is you stop yourself from entering a space because you don't feel like you can achieve. And that's something that I've felt as an author. Um, I think I may have talked about this in other episodes, but I've, I've been a member of Toastmasters, which is a public speaking club for going on 10 years. And I started that, uh, as soon as my full-time employment at my, at my job started because of those feelings of inadequacy and that I I didn't have a place and you need to your point, Dan, you need a safe space to be able to grow and have support and be evaluated and be encouraged to keep on going no matter, no matter what.
0: I guess I I do have a nice sample size of 30 people with my agency, (laughs) Um, (laughs) but looking at it, I can tell that all of you guys, have some form of like perfectionism in you. Like I can, I can tell when you're like, this is draft 22 that I'm working on and I'm just trying to get it polished or um, I've gotten emails where they're like, I've read this 12, 12 times and I just read it a 13th time. Use this version instead because you know, because perfectionism Now I know
1: you're talking about Brenna.
0: <laughs> well, no, I mean, it's not just Brenna. It's not. Um, and like this perfectionism is like directly linked with imposter syndrome. Because we get this idea in our head that if we're not perfect, then we aren't what we are trying to be. And we need to just toss perfectionism out the door, which is hard to do.
2: <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I'm going to pronounce her name, her last name wrong, uh, Laura Gell, G-E-H-L. She, um, she has done like, I don't know, like 13 picture books or something. She is super prolific. She has a bunch of stuff published. And I saw her do a talk recently, and she actually said, She was like, You know what? It doesn't have to be perfect. She's like, Get it as good as you can and then move on. Because if you're going to, because the whole talk was around how can you be so prolific? Like, how can you write so much and have so much published? And she's like, Because I write a lot. And because I get it to the point that it's it's good enough, I send it to my agent, and then we see what happens. And then she goes back to writing something else, and she writes and she writes and she writes, and that's how she does it. The perfectionism, I think, is there, but I think she's she's willing to sort of just be like, you know what, this one's done. I'm gonna walk away. I'm gonna write something else because otherwise, yeah, you will never you will never move on. And people talk often too about, you know, don't. Don't put all of your eggs in one basket, so to speak. Like, don't just try to query that one manuscript. Like, put it out there and then let it go and start writing. Because, it, you know, chances are that first one you write isn't going to sell. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's kind of a numbers game. Like, you got to write a lot to get stuff out there. Right. So, like, keep going.
0: And then with that perfectionism, like perfectionism has a, a thing where you either procrastinate or you overprepare. Um, I think it was was it yesterday. No, Wednesday. Sorry, I'm just trying to remember what day it was. It's Friday. Thank goodness. Um, <laughs> I had a meeting with Andy. And like the first thing I said to him, because I, I had last week and half of this week where I had trial prep for a case I did last week. And then this week I had trial prep and then my testimony that I had to give. And I had the meeting with Andy on Wednesday evening, which was after... My uh, day at court, and I like opened up. I'm like, I'm really sorry. I am not as prepared as I want to be for this meeting. And like, I started apologizing. He's like, Oh, this is just a chat. You don't have to be prepared for anything. I was like, I need the, I need to be over prepared for everything. So I know. Right, <laughs> so right. I can, I have to Please, please, please be
1: harder thing. on me. Yeah,
0: yeah. I have to think of every possible thing that you are going to ask me, so I have an answer for it. And like, I had right. nothing done except. I read some things and like, I know notes are in You know
2: what? That's actually, that's actually really funny that you bring that up because I feel like that too, except for I go the other way. Like if I over prepare, I, I don't, I sound like a robot. I can't pull it off. Like when we, when Josh and I edit the podcast, right? I try to do the intro and I record the intro, but when I record it by myself, I told Josh, I messaged him the first couple of times I did it. I'm like, I sound like a sad robot. I'm like, this is not gonna work because I'm like reading what I wrote, right? And it's just like, not like a give and take. It's not like casual. Which is why Josh and I, this is like the secret sauce to our podcast, guys. We hardly do any prep because it just works <laughs> that much better. And Damn like, it, we
1: pulled the curtain back. We
2: do. I know. We, we do. We research our guests and we know who we're talking to and we have like basic bullet points, right? But beyond that, like if I personally, if I do too much research, it just doesn't come off right. It just, it feels really like robotic and super um, stiff. And so it's way better for me to just be casual about it. Like I have to trust that I know enough about the industry and who I'm talking to and the books that they've written that I, mm-hmm. you know, I can have a conversation about it. And if I don't know, like, that's okay. I don't know, but, you know, cause I can't know everything. But um, yeah, I, it, I just, I do a lot better that way without so much.
1: Yeah. yeah. Back to our Caitlin Sanchez episode, no notes, just vibes. Right.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. Yes. <laughs> that's how I- we work best.
1: I uh, I, am wrestling here. I mean, this is a good, a really good conversation to have connecting the dots between your feelings, our collective feelings of adequacy or lack thereof and productivity and the link between the two, because there clearly is is a link. But the issue is sometimes, as as in your case, not that we're, you know, we need to fawn over you too, too much about your success. But no matter how much success you may enjoy, you may still feel inadequate. And getting yourself mentally to a place where, on one hand, you decouple productivity from your sense of self-worth. But on the other hand, you know, like, like with the self-help books that you're reading on how to stay productive and whittle away at things, you're tricking yourself out of feeling a certain way or sitting with the feeling of inadequacy and moving into a place where you can still get stuff done and not be so um, hobbled by emotion.
0: Right, right. And I think that's a another great segue, Josh. We didn't end this at all. Just <laughs> vibes. Just vibes. Is that we have to start defining success how we want it. Like my success should be different from Brenna's success should be different from Josh, Josh's success each day. And it should be able to evolve and adapt to where we're at. Like um, when you were talking about uh, Kate Fox having like the checklist, like I did a really great job giving a critique today. That should be a success. That's you, you celebrate that. I did, I did that. I mean, I could not have done that and there would, there would be nothing but I did that. And that's something.
2: Yeah. Yeah, totally. And what, I mean, and if you add up all that stuff, you know, and you add up all the feelings of how great you felt when you did these things and you read them all together, I mean, that's a pretty good confidence boost, you know, Mm -hmm. instead of focusing on the fact that, you know, Oh, I, you know, I didn't get the agent I wanted, or I got another rejection, or I got out whatever. It's like, well, I mean, the only way to move forward in this industry is to keep, writing that's the only way that you're gonna you know do anything about it so you can feel bad for a little while you know and then and then do something about it because otherwise it just I mean you're just gonna have to sit in it and that's not fun
0: yeah um I mean just doing that recognizing your expertise that you have like even people who aren't published I see their expertise in their work that they're doing like they know craft they know everything i mean there's just so many things that could lead to why something's not getting picked up um timing editors already have something on their list that looks like that or they had something similar that just didn't sell well and now that's left a bad taste in their mouth like
2: yeah so many things you can't
0: control so like you said you just have to put it out out there and you put it out there and you forget. And you keep going forward. Yeah.
1: yeah, and I mean acknowledging here as the as the one of the three of us that's unagented, unpublic. I mean, Dan, you're not agent. Dan reps himself. Right. <laughs> he reps himself.
2: Yeah, yeah. It Don't does. Worry, Dan. It takes your, a lot. Your day'll come.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Just keep querying.
2: Yeah, you'll you'll get repped soon enough, Dan. It's fine. There's somebody out there for you.
1: All right. Well, now I feel like I'm on more of a peer level with you, Dan. But um, it's it's interesting um, <laughs> getting to that place as an unagented writer, uh, where it, it it takes a lot of time. Where you're not, y- your self worth does not depend on an agent's acceptance of you. Right. Turning that on myself, my self worth does not depend on whether or not. I have a perfect manuscript that i've submitted and it's been accepted and it's been published because the journey doesn't end there mm-hmm. it's better to to subdivide your achievement into got a manuscript today i mean i'm reinforcing and restating your point but you know yeah. turning that on 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 my own experiences and what i've i've experienced with cps and other folks in the community um yeah for me it takes some intentional work to realize the small wins
0: mm-hmm exactly you have to recognize the small wins what is success for you and like you said recognizing your expertise the work that you're doing um like what the how i have my schedule planned out like i'm doing this a little bit and that a little bit like i will write notes on the side like all right i had editing for here i was able to read through three picture books today or i read 20 pages of young adult manuscript or something like that like i i physically will write out what i did instead of just like i edited like have like the specifics there
2: oh smart yeah right be specific about it because otherwise yeah you're right like editing i mean what is what does that mean it could be anything yeah yeah
0: and then like uh, other ways you like to face imposter syndrome that we're all facing is I mean, I, I do it every day, every, a daily affirmation, but one thing I wasn't doing was I wasn't using, I wasn't saying it out loud because I, I felt weird saying it out loud, <laughs> but I also wasn't using my name in the affirmation. I, I, it would be like, I will do, or I am oh. this. And apparent, apparently from the research I've been doing is if you use your actual name, it sticks inside you more than just saying, I am worthy. Dan is worthy. Like there's a different impact.
2: Oh, interesting. You know, I've heard too, if you say them in front of a mirror, if you actually like look at yourself while you're saying it, it also does like du- like double duty. It's like, it's just more like concentrated. You're
1: right. I mean, I can't help but acknowledge the mental image that some of us will have of Stuart Smalley <laughs> speaking into the mirror, <laughs> that he's good enough and he's smart enough. And gosh, <laughs> people will like him.
2: But say. there's truth in that, Maybe. like
1: there is in most con comedy.
2: Maybe that's the title of our podcast. Maybe that's the title of this episode. I like it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: um, and then other things are uh, uh, we have to stop comparing ourselves. Like I fell into that trap like mm. early on when I, even when I was still with uh, Flannery Literary, you know, you're on Twitter, you see, I was seeing like all these other agents just like making announcements and announcements and announcements. I was thinking, man, they're selling so many books so quickly and all that. And now that I'm in the more of the thick of it, like more, you have more experience under my belt and everything. I'm like, well, they weren't just selling them on those days. Like they could have been sitting on that announcement for a year. Right. Maybe they sold a couple books within that year. It wasn't like they sold all, all those books in that two week time frame which they may have too I mean I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna diminish <laughs> anybody's abilities here or anything but you know yeah like, it's comparing we don't know what the other side of the story is for them
2: yeah right you never know what somebody else is going through that's for sure um, hi Henry
0: Henry's going through some stuff
2: <laughs> Henry's done with his donut I think <laughs>
0: yeah you finished it a while ago <laughs> His massive Great Dane head
2: chomp <laughs> right down on that. Yeah, right, right mm-hmm. through it. <laughs> um, how do you
0: how,
1: how do you feel about your own journey through this stuff now?
0: Um, uh, it depends on the day. Like sometimes I think I'm crazy that I'm even trying to to do this because you, you look at publishing and you you see um you see uh, like. The different, like, uh, the big five are now shrinking down to four and maybe even shrinking down to three, depending on how things go. You see editors leaving. um, Everyone's overwhelmed with work, and you're just like, how am I, how is this ever going to be a sustainable career when all this doom and gloom is happening? But then you just can't focus on that. (laughs) Um, Sorry, I can still here Henry playing with Dave upstairs.
2: Yeah, that's okay. (laughs) Uh,
1: Hopefully our listenership is listening to this out loud and it's really activating the audience, uh, audiences dogs.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So I've been, instead of like focusing on like the industry as this big giant thing, I just kind of focus on our little, um, Using Marvel's word, Ohana that we've created with page turners, yeah. And uh, I'm just like I'm focusing on like all these books. One day we'll get into a kid's hand, and it's going to help them, and that's what motivates me because every every book has some something where a child's going to pick it up and be like, "Yes, that's what I needed to, to hear today," or "Yes, that's I see me in that book," or "Yes, I learned something new and that was really fun." Or you just they just laughed they laugh so hard it's not came out their nose, you
2: know? Yes. That's me. That's what I want. That's the goal. <laughs> so it's,
1: it's happening. I think, right now.
0: Yeah, I think you just have to shrink your view sometimes of like publishing, like, cause you, you think, Oh, it's so big. There's so many gatekeepers focus on what's in front of you. Focus on what you're doing. Focus on that your book's going to get to where it needs to be at some point and you can't control the timing and just keep moving forward. Like you said, perseverance is what ends up This is what helps most writers succeed is they yeah, don't give up.
2: Yeah. This yeah. Is
1: I, the only thing that allows us to succeed.
2: Right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. I, I told Dan not that long ago, I said that my, um, my strategy is to flood the market with original Brennan Generettes. And so at some point they're gonna be like, please stop sending this to me. I will publish them. Just stop. <laughs> like that's my that's perseverance in my opinion. Like I'm just gonna I'm just gonna keep going until somebody is like, I will publish you.
1: <laughs> I I've known you well enough at this point to to know that your response to just stop is gonna be no.
2: <laughs> you just gonna keep going. That's how Which I respect
0: We don't want we don't want Brennan to stop. Um, but Brenna and I've had some interactions and I did get permission from Brenna before we did this podcast of her own uh, experience with imposter syndrome that we had in exchange I think at one point you emailed me like why are you even representing me I'm not a good writer why do you even and all yeah. that. And like I remember it was we, a rough yeah, day yeah it was a rough day and we had exchanges back and I presented my arguments of why I represent you and everything like that. And I hope it was helpful.
2: (laughs) No, it's extremely helpful. Cause I was going to mention at some point, you know, like it's nice also like beyond the critique partners too, like what, you know, once you have somebody in your corner that is an industry professional, I mean, it's nice to just be reminded every once in a while that like, no, like you do like your stuff has value and it is, it is, it's good like you're good at what you do and it's not your fault that things aren't you know getting published or whatever because you just, you know, like having an agent is awesome and it means a lot of great things. But then you also, you, you're you just at another level of getting a lot of rejections. So I right. remember I, I messaged you because I do have a lot of books out on subs. So like I I got all of the feedback in like in one day and I had read through all of the feedback and feedback <sighs> is really just rejections, right? Because if you had an offer, then you wouldn't be getting feedback. It would be like, no, we've gone to acquisitions or we're like going to sell your book or whatever. So it was just it was it was just a rough day. And so that's, I was like, that's like
1: eating a box of pork donuts all at once.
2: <laughs> and I remember right, And I remember being like, um, I'm like, it's totally cool if you don't wanna send me the feedback anymore because I had read it like all at once and I just was like, Don't tell me anything unless it's an offer, like can't take it. And Dan was like, No, he's like, It it's fine. Like it's you know, and he yeah, he gave a great pep like, talk.
0: Yeah, I was like, You read what they actually wrote and there was nothing bad in there.
2: It's to yeah, it's true. And so you actually, your advice just now to like focus on what's in front of you is ex- is basically what you told me to do. And I remember I show I showed it to my husband. I was like, look what Dan wrote. And my husband, he he's like, he's like, man, he's like, Dan is such a good guy. And he is a really good agent for you. He's like that is he's like that's perfect. That's like exactly what you needed to hear. Because you know my I mean my husband is great, but he's not in the writing community. He's not in the industry. So like having somebody who is and he i he doesn't read my stuff anymore. We've agreed that he's just my hype man. He doesn't read it or give me any feedback. He just tells yeah. me how great he thinks I am, right? Because that's mm-hmm. the only thing that we can like you know like agree upon. So anyways, so that's what we've decided, but to have somebody who actually reads my stuff and is like, "No, like this is good. It's valuable. It's worthy." Like that is it's mm-hmm. incredibly helpful. And if you don't have an agent, whoever, you know, people listening, your your critique partners, your you know, if your friends in the writing community, like all of those people can do the same thing for you. You know, if you're having a rough day, like let people know, because that's the other thing. If you don't talk about it, then it just festers. Right. So like, let somebody know, like, hey, I'm, I'm having kind of a rough day. Like, can you help me out? Like, tell right. me something good, you know?
0: Yeah. Um, otherwise, if you're going to stay with those feelings, you're just creating a toxic alternate reality that only exists for you.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, and actually, so Dan, I was going to ask as you were talking about some other stuff. Because you were saying, right, like you have thirty clients and you have a full time job and you know, like a life beyond work. Also, like you've got a lot going on. A new puppy. Are do you do you see taking Page Turner to like a level where you have other agents like working with you or or like in your agency? To, to you got to like convince
1: other agents of your worth as well.
2: <laughs> yeah. like, oh God! Oh God!
0: <laughs> so. I guess I have like a little analogy for that. Like right now the answer is no one. Yeah. I have, I don't know how it works when you have multiple agents. Like, are they like, I and all that like, so I'd have to research that. But the other thing is like, cause um, I've gotten people offering to like, to help me, like some of the authors are like, Oh, if you need help, send, send me some, some stuff and I'll help. Or uh, I, or uh, asking for internships and all that. And I still haven't figured out how to like provide work for someone that doesn't create more work for me to explain how to do the work. So, totally. it, so Dave and I, we, i I can cook and bake and stuff like that. Um, but we get hello fresh like three times a week. We get that nice. and like, it comes with, you know, all the ingredients. There's no like waste or anything with the ingredients and it has like the step-by-step instructions on there. And that is great because Dave comes and he helps and he cooks because he can read the instructions. Whereas if we didn't have that and he's just like, Oh, how can I help cook dinner?
2: It's I have to work stop between like,
0: okay, we, we you need to do this, 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 and then I'm like, and then I'd be like, Oh no, I can just do it faster, let me do it. And then like
2: it's totally. like trying to
0: work out how to know how to delegate and all that. Like, I don't know how Jennifer did it when I when I worked with her, but she did. But I mean, that's 30 years of experience right
1: there. So you're saying you need the Hello Fresh of interns? I need the Hello Fresh of (laughs)
2: interns. (laughs) Yeah. Did you come with instructions? Because if so, you are. Yeah, I bet you didn't for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. (laughs) Well, Dan, I know we are creeping up on an hour here and I hear Henry is like is like hoping to hoping to play with you. Is there anything that we missed or that you wanted to you wanted to say before we let you go?
0: Um I you know, celebrate every success you have, whether it's big, small, or somewhere in between. I think it's important to celebrate other people's successes too. That way you're always in that celebratory mindset and that will help you it'll help prevent comparing yourself to other people um just compare what is it comparison is the joy thief or however that saying goes
2: yeah yeah
0: um so yeah just keep doing that um don't be afraid to reach out and talk to friends talk to a therapist talk to your critique group um and just just look for the good and shut your negative self up <laughs>
2: Yeah, no, that's great. That's great advice. I mean, thank you so much for coming on again. I love that you're a recurring guest now. You're the only guest we've had on twice. Oh, Does that yeah.
0: come with a crown or anything? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you just yes. No. <laughs> yes.
2: Yes, yes. We will, we will figure something out.
1: You may contribute a verse. Thanks for listening this week.
2: Find out more about us and our guests and the artists behind their cover and theme music at our websites, Show renagenerette.com
1: and joshmongords.com. See you next verse.
2: Bye.